0: downloading today's episode. I'm your host, Josh Van Camden, and today we've got a special guest, uh, Assistant Strength and Conditioning Coach at the West Coast Eagles, Jordan Stairs. How you doing, mate? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Now, thanks for coming in, and uh, yeah, it's a busy time of year for you with pre-season. Uh, how is uh, the year coming along for you?
1: Yeah, it's going really well, actually. Um, we've had a, a lot of changeover this season with a lot of new players training up at a, a new facility as well that we're
0: building, so... Uh, No, it's good. It's an exciting time to be around the footy club. So take us to a day in your life with training at West Coast. Is every day different? Uh, Yep, there's a few sort of, I guess, sort of typical types of day.
1: Uh, On a usual training day, I'll get to work at about quarter to eight in the morning. Uh, the players will be getting prepped by the medical staff, uh, I'll generally check up on, on any change in, in the status of any players, so if anyone's reported in sick or picked up a knock or anything. Then we'll go up on ground and we'll, we'll train, so I'm usually involved in the in the warm-up there, maybe taking a few injured players for their rehab session. So the players will train, any top-up fitness they need to do, they'll do after that, have lunch and then they'll come back and jump in the gym in the afternoon, which I, I take that. So, by the time that finishes, it's about 3.30. I, I go through any data we may have
0: collected in the gym and and then that's the day so it's interesting you talked about the I guess gathering the data in the gym I mean what data are you collecting I mean is it as simple as how many reps they're doing on the dumbbells yeah in the gym we collect a few things so primarily players
1: need to enter in uh, what weights they're doing so that's up to up to them to do we also uh, try and measure whatever we can so whether that be tracking the velocity of someone's lift we, we use force plates for for jump profiling uh, and then we also we have a thing called a nord board which uh, is measures eccentric hamstring strength so we we keep an eye on that as that's a risk factor for hamstring injury
0: yeah I mean is your, your role I mean as we know in AFL hamstrings are always probably one of the first muscles to, to go is that probably one of the biggest priorities that you'll you look for with the athletes, yeah, injury
1: prevention is certainly um, a big part of what I do. So th- there's two parts to it. There's the genuine prevention, which is uh, improving their strength and improving the modifiable risk factors that we can we can get on top of. Um, and the second part of that is detecting any changes that may indicate that an injury might be coming. So if we have the the nord, if we use the nord board as an example. If someone has a change on a one sided change in their hamstring strength that's occurred quite suddenly, um, particularly if they have had a previous hamstring injury before, then that might be something that's a bit of a red flag to mm-hmm. us, and we might need to look into that a little bit more. Sounds like a fair bit of pressure is on your shoulders. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it's just about um, we have pretty good processes, so it's just about staying on top of that as much as we can. It's a difficult environment to modify some of these things sometimes, with obviously players that got to train. Uh, coaches want them in training. So it's just about staying on top of all the things we can with the limited time we have with the players and, and trying to intervene where
0: feasible. And you mentioned it before, I guess, when you have the new player, you've had a lot of new players come into the club this year. Do you spend a lot more time with the new players because you need to kind of, I guess, assess what their bodies and their key strengths and weaknesses are and while the others that have been there for a while, you kind of just leave them to do their own thing?
1: Yeah, to a large extent. I'd say the young players definitely need a lot more hands-on time and education early on. So definitely spend a lot of time with the players doing that and and trying to get them in a group on their own as opposed to intermingled with all the the other guys who are often doing... Doing something different. Um, I'd say that's that's partly true, and then, but I'd say when players start to get older, they generally start to break down a little bit more, so you yeah. spend a bit more time with them then as well. So I'd say there is definitely an age component, but who you spend the most time with depends on a variety of things, including their injuries and and age and and where they're at, what squad they're playing
0: in, etc. Now. This is what you're up to right now, but I mean, what's your journey been like since you left UWA?
1: So I graduated UWA in 2013, and and at that time I, I knew I wanted to work in, in physical conditioning for athletes. So I went out and tried to get as much experience as I could. I was fortunate enough to start doing my honours at West Coast as a as a joint venture between UWA and West Coast. and at, at the same time, I was working with the Perth Demons. After that, I was working with West Coast Fever, netball, and then... In 2016, uh, I started in my current role at West Coast.
0: Now you've had a bit of, I wouldn't say help, but you put yourself in the position to work your way up the ladder. I guess you know you start started with the Perth Demons, you worked your way up with the Fever, and now you're with the Eagles. I mean, one of your colleagues and who also employs you, uh, Glenn Stewart, who's a you know graduate of, of UWA. I mean. What advice would you give to, I guess, the current students today, and how you can share your journey and get them to, I guess, realise that they can reach their dream? However, there is a lot of hard work to put in, isn't there?
1: Yeah, the advice I'll give is just to try and get as much experience as you can early. So I was pretty fortunate that I, I started in my my first year of uni in in trying to get around and get a bit of volunteer experience in in, in strength and conditioning. So. Try a few things out early on, find what you want to do, and then don't be afraid to, to approach people and, and try and work for free as early as you can, even while you're still at uni. That's probably the best time to do it.
0: Well, approach you did, because you pretty much emailed and contacted every professional sporting club in the country, didn't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. At the end of my, um, my first year of uni, I, I decided that's what I wanted to do. So I, I basically emailed every sporting organisation and said, hey, um, I'm to work for free over the summer. And I didn't have too many come back to me. I had a lot of no's come back to me, but that sort of just started me on my path to, from that I did did get a, a few hours a week at West Perth Footy Club. So I started there and, and when I went for my prac placement in my third year at uni at West Coast, they still had my resume from when I'd sent it through. Really? I, I just so assumed when people said,
0: yeah, we'll keep your resume on file, yeah. just they just put it in the bin. <laughs> yeah, no, um,
1: I, I know that because Glenn showed me or he had my resume in his hand and I hadn't sent it to him that year. So he must have had it from the wow.
0: previous year. Wow, far out. That's amazing. Now... With your time at UWA, I guess you also worked at UWA Sport in the gym. How did your student experience impact you in your career today?
1: Yeah, uh, I love my time at uni. It was probably the the some of the best years of my life. Working at, at UWA gym was definitely uh, one. It was really good fun working with a lot of a, a lot of young guys in a similar position to me. So so we really had a ball. But it helped me. Um, really gave me a lot of exposure to the soft skills I currently need. So a lot of um, communication, management, running a group. Mm-hmm. I was lucky to get that while I was still at uni, which is really the skills that you can only learn from doing doing hands-on, hands-on work. So
0: from that point of view, it was invaluable. Now recently, I'll go back and I guess with your, your current role, recently I guess there was the AFLX and I guess there's been a bit of a talk from I guess the people who, who are not necessarily fans of it, but one thing we talked about off air was seeing if it was a good opportunity for I guess the young guys to get some exposure to what it's like to travel with the team. Can you kind of I guess expand on that? Yeah, so
1: um, we sent a lot of young young players over to AFLX. And one of the the real key benefits, I think, of that is um, you've got a lot of young players who, who have never never travelled before. A lot of them haven't really played much with the guy next to them before. So um, in terms of a bonding experience, I think it was it was really worthwhile, regardless of, of what you think of the,
0: the actual competition structure. Do you go over east with the team? I know we talked off air about you do have involvement when players are playing at a waffle level how many i guess strength and conditioning coaches are there at west coast and how often do you travel with the team and how often do you stay in perth
1: yeah so i um i stay stay in perth so in answer to your first question there's there's four of us so there's a head strength and conditioning coach and then three of us underneath and then roughly i mainly look after the strength side of things another uwa graduate carl wheeler looks after the rehab and then we have anthony jones who sort of is a senior assistant and floats across across all areas. So AJ and Wheels, they, they are the runners, mm-hmm. so they they travel with the team. <coughs> I generally stay back and help out with the rehab group because we usually have a rehab group training uh, while the other guys are traveling.
0: And have you actually got to travel with the team yet? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. So actually, I think the there's a bit of bonding experience that you need to do with the team as well because yeah. I think when a team travels, when they stay, I mean, they're two completely... Different scenarios, aren't they? Yeah, and I think it's a bit
1: different for us as well, being a Perth-based team, with the amount we um, we have to travel. Like mm-hmm. it, it, so I imagine it would be quite different for us compared to a Melbourne-based team.
0: Yeah, and I think touching that, I mean, the travel that they have to do. You're also currently completing your PhD in the load monitoring in team sport athletes. What made you choose that subject? Well. About the
1: time I started, uh, which was in 2015, load monitoring was all the rage in sports science. So injury prevention is is really really high priority mm-hmm. for us as um, we like we've got really expensive assets that we want to keep on the field. So I think load moni- the management of training load is is a key area for that. And at the time I started, it was a real boom time for for research in that area. so, I sort of jumped on board and, and joined the, the wave of people
0: researching. Currently, uh, with one of your colleagues, Glenn Stewart, who's, the, I guess, the High Performance Manager at West Coast and fellow UWA grad, you currently work for him as well as a bit of a side gig to your current role?
1: Back when I was a prac student in uh, 2013, Glenn gave me my first paid gig as a strength and conditioning coach. He runs his own, own business called Athletes Performance mm-hmm. Academy. And the purpose of Athletes Performance Academy is to offer high performance strength conditioning services to uh, any athlete semi-professional amateur who who may not otherwise have access to it so i started with that in 2013 just doing some junior netball and then since then uh it's gone from strength to strength so we picked up the contract for for golf wa for west coast fever after that and then recently we've just started doing some acl rehabilitation which is which is taken off because there's no shortage of
0: ACL injuries unfortunately I can speak to that unfortunately you talked about I guess you golf WA West Coast fever Uh, I'll do start doing a bit of name dropping now because some of the athletes that you work with are Curtis Luck who's going to be the next big thing in golf Nat Medhurst who is one of the greatest shooters ever for netball and probably the biggest name in WA and Nick Nadanui what are they like as trainers, uh, how like do you have to manage them differently? I mean, there are three completely different sports. How do you have to change your mindset to you know working with Curtis, working with Nat, working with Nick Nat?
1: Yeah, um, they're certainly all very different different sports and also very different people. So um, there's sort of two components uh, that you've got to manage in there. Obviously, uh, when you're putting a program together, you've got to keep top of mind uh, what the demands of the sports are and what they need to get by and also what they need to perform at their sport. So Nick, for example, he's got to be able to launch himself off the ground and and potentially catch himself on one leg, whereas Curtis never leaves the ground at all. <laughs> but, he, but he does need to be able to, to swing a club pretty quickly. So the base physiological components for for each, uh, they, they all need to be strong, they all need to be reasonably powerful and they all need to be durable. So so that would be the similarities and then the the differences are probably the, the 20% little intricacies of the sport. And then the other component is managing each athlete because each, each athlete is very different in terms of um, how they go about things, what their, their own personal elite operating system is. So particularly at the elite level when, when players have been going around for a while, you need to really pick their brains about what's worked for them in the past, what mm-hmm. hasn't worked and, and use that to adapt what you're doing and work within your
0: philosophy to come up with the best plan for both of you. Is it nerve-wracking dealing with these elite athletes? I mean, for a lot of people, you know, they the only time they ever get to see them is either on the 50 field being there live or on TV. Is it nerve-wracking for you having to be around athletes like them?
1: No, I wouldn't say it's really nerve-wracking. Uh, like, they're just, they're just people like anyone else. They all have the common trait of wanting to get better. So... If you tap into that and and demonstrate that you're you're here to help them with that, then then generally they're pretty good. All and all of those people you mentioned are are very good people, so I have no
0: problems. And what does the future look like for you? You're in an amazing role, but I guess for you as well personally, you'd like to I guess climb that ladder. Is there a dream job or a dream position? Do you want to take Glenn's job <laughs> eventually? <laughs> I'll be careful what I yeah. say. <laughs> for the time being, I'm really
1: happy with, with where I am, developing my skills in a, in a really good environment. In the future, of course, I'd love to be a, a head strength and conditioning coach or high-performance manager at a top-level sport. I'd probably like to experience other sports, so I've already had a, a little bit of a range, but maybe crack into the US sport market. I don't know. There's plenty of there's plenty of opportunities for particularly Australian sports science and strength and conditioning staff in that domain at the moment. Um, it's really taken off, so... There's a, I'm not looking that far ahead at this stage, but there's a, there's always that op,
0: uh, opening there. Awesome, and now one last thing. If you could could speak to a first year student and give them any words of wisdom, what would it be?
1: Well, aside from needing to, to get experience, you probably also need to find yourself a mentor. So I was very lucky that I had Glenn, and I also had another a number of other notable people who helped me out along the way, so uh, Brendan Appleby, UWA graduate of mm-hmm. the Kookaburras, uh, Stacey Rosman, Marinkovich, uh, West Coast Fever coach, um, and a whole other a group of people who I sort of developed as a coach with who we all helped each other, other out along the way. So find yourself a mentor or at least a, a range of people who you can lean on for, for advice and, and guidance and then just get in and, and have a crack. Don't expect that it's all going to all gonna happen for you. I know in my industry, people are generally very helpful for young coaches trying to come through. So you
0: just need to get in and have a go and and, and people will help you out along the way. And that's great advice. And one thing that Jordan is also helping out is gonna be a mentor at the recent Graduate Career Cafe on April 5th. So if you've got any questions, come visit Jordan on that night. Uh, Event details can be found on our website. But Jordan, that's everything. Really appreciate you coming in and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. No worries. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you for downloading today's podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. At UWA, we help connect alumni with each other in our university through regular events on campus across Australia and the globe. To ensure you don't miss out on events near you, make sure your contact details are up to date and follow UWA alumni on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.